This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Just let out a big sigh. I rarely do this, but I think uh, on this occasion, I think I speak for everybody with that big sigh. <sighs> the offseason, locker clean out. Here we are again. And like it has been the last couple of years or few years, it is complicated, not obvious, I, I think anyway. Maybe it's obvious to somebody in their mind to figure out what like to do about the Bills' shortcomings. You know, They lost another really close game, winnable game, to a team that's kind of al- almost a dynasty already. That doesn't sit well, but no shame in it. What do you do about it? I think they are a dynasty already. Six straight AFC championships. Right. I mean, games. Three Super Bowls, two wins. I, yeah. That, I think in this era, that, that qualifies. How do you beat them? Is there a way? Yeah. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. Sal, I remember you saying this like last week, or actually it's before the game in Miami, that imagine that, you know, here this run to the playoffs, and there's a chance that it actually we're talking about locker cleanout uh, like the next day. It's very sudden. Mm-hmm. How it hits, and you can also look at that from the two-minute warning last night when the Bills are in pretty good shape to two plays and a missed field goal later when it's just like suddenly over. Yeah, that's right. Pretty abruptly and kind of anticlimactically, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's you, you trot, you know, um, try Tyler Bass out there and. I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm just standing there thinking, and you probably did too, but you're standing there on the field watching it close up, and I'm like, boy, if this doesn't go through, like, the season's over. And sure enough, it didn't. And you have the remaining minute whatever left to kind of ponder that and think about it. And, you know, the fans are looking at the timeouts, and no, there's nothing you can do. You're not getting the ball back. Game's over. A little anticlimactic. Very sudden, very abrupt, and boom, suddenly we're back at one Bills drive today, and guys got these big boxes, and they're putting all their stuff in it, cleaning out their lockers. Do, how, how much different does this year feel, uh, aside from the fact that it's another year with them hitting their head uh, you know, on the same ceiling in the divisional round, um, all week in the run-up to the game, it felt m- more important than these other playoff games. I, I'm not sure if that's just time and history working on me but you got them at home here um let's it's time to go win this game right and a part of that was what this offseason is going to be and I mean we're here we're you know we're not even 24 hours 
<laughs> not even 24 hours from the game starting um, and pondering like what the future holds. It feels like there's just way more uncertainty about who will be back and how they will supplement guys who aren't back than there has been any of these other years. I agree with that. Um, they have age challenges, guys, you know, getting older, aging out. They have obviously salary cap challenges and contract challenges. So that goes along with it. But I think that the feeling you feel, I share as well, and probably a lot of fans, Bulldog, which is you just, you know, this was your chance. And despite all of that, does it really matter because will you ever beat this team? Does it really matter because will you ever get to where you need to go knowing that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are in your conference? You had everything you wanted. It was set up for you. No, you didn't get the one seed. I get it. But that was it. Everything else, though, was there. Home for the playoffs. Two games. Home for Patrick Mahomes, his first ever road game. I mean, we were talking about this in the off season. Like, God, get this guy on the road. Have him come to Buffalo. Let's see what we can do here. Let's see what anybody can do to knock him out. I think that's also part of it. So it's all baked in there for all of us, which is – Yep, there's going to be all this uncertainty, all this these questions, what's going to happen? And at the end of the day, you think, does it all even matter? Because I don't know if they can even get there with, the, with, with what's happened here because this was the chance to get there. Well, let's explore that some more. I mean, Kansas, I think you'd agree. Kansas City played an excellent game. Uh, there, there were no big mistakes. They made their field goals. That first kick, I'm thinking, like, they're just saying on the broadcast, nobody's making from 50 in this game. Uh, drilled that on and on. So that leaves us where? Like, to what extent, Sal, if I can word it, just to word it some way, are the Bills responsible uh, or to blame for this loss? There there were things, like how far would you want to go in, I don't know, laying them out for not winning? Well, I think it came down to a few different things, and you can always kind of parse that different ways, right? But I don't think the defensive line showed up very well. I mean, guys, they, they, they had not only zero sacks, they officially two quarterback hurries on Patrick Mahomes. However they want to calculate that, that was in the official game book, two quarterback hurries. Their defensive line, only one player. One Now, granted, defensive linemen don't normally get a ton of tackles, but only one player on the entire defensive line had more than one tackle, and that was Von Miller, who had two. Wow. Um, there was no pressure on Mahomes the whole night, and I can I just can't get over how well the Chiefs ran the ball. As much as the linebackers were hurt, you had two run-stopping linebackers in there, A.J. Klein and and Tyrell Dodson. Those guys are more run guys Mm -hmm. than they are coverage guys. We know that. And just the Bills' D-line has played so good all year. Yeah, they've been leaky at times against the run, but, man, the Chiefs just ran the ball. So that's where I would kind of start on that side of the ball, which is they couldn't stop them. They just couldn't stop them. And then once you do that, then you obviously have some compromised player in the back, players in the back end. Sure, injuries aren't an excuse, right? We say that about sports, but there's certainly a reason. And once you start dipping into, you know, extra players all over on different levels and different sides, you know, right and left and, you know, multiple guys at each position – those things matter. Yeah. So I, I would say that, Mike. Yeah. And and then I would say on the other side of the ball, you left they left themselves very little margin for error for how they wanted to play this game. And that margin for error showed up. The 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 fact that the back end of the defense was as compromised as it was, even Douglas strapping mm-hmm. it up and playing, like he he looked compromised. We know about the linebacker situation. Yep. Uh poor AJ Klein chasing Travis Kelsey around. I mean, that's just not this is not ideal at all. I was dreading it, and it came to fruition. You know, credit Kansas City. Yep. 
that draws that much more attention to the failure of the defensive line to really perform in this game, Sal, because they had all their dudes, right? I mean, Von Miller's yep. compromised by the injury still, and it's not, and maybe, I don't know if he'll ever get back to being what he was when he even first got here, um, but the rest of, you know, you, you've got your guys, and they're, yeah, the idea that we've got this game at home and silent counts and their tackles are leaky, mm-hmm. I mean, it just never showed up. I mean, it's two years in a row we were expecting to have our, our way to an extent with an offensive line. Last year it was the Bengals because they were injured and had backups playing, and here it was, you know, you've got your guys, let's go, and it just never happened. That's right, and... I, I think if even if you went back to, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday last week, and we were dissecting this game, if you said, what's the Bills' biggest advantage in this game? I would have said Bills' D-line against the Chiefs' O-line, considering everything you just said, with Taylor and his problems and, you know, the, the tackles they've been, you know, uneven mm-hmm. this year at best and on the road and silent counts, all those things you just said. So that was very disappointing. But I don't want to just sound like I'm blaming the defense. I'm not. I think that there, right. are re- there were things that they just did not – perform at a high enough level and they had injuries but on the offensive side and and look I I actually understand because of that I think the Bills knew this right they knew their defense was going to have maybe hey you know what we're in a tough spot here we're going to have maybe a tougher time stopping them because of the backups we have now I don't think they knew or thought that their D-line wouldn't perform the way it didn't but at least they probably were very self-aware and recognized hey you know what what's the best way then we got to keep the ball in offense we got to make sure that we can control the game and we got to finish drives when we do it well guess what they controlled the game very well early on i mean they ran the ball it was they were over 5 yards of carry i thought it was a magnificent game plan they're going 7 minute drives 8 minute drives but first drive don't convert in the red zone you get a field goal that winds up hurting them and then when you play like that and you play a close game like that you do leave yourself little margin for error and then the then the errors showed up which were the drop passes right i mean little things like that that mm-hmm. kind of you 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 got to convince you got to connect on those kinds of things if you're going to play a game like that and put yourself in that position and again i don't mind the philosophy of knowing this is how we have to play this game and win it but when you do that, you do put yourself in a position where you can't have critical mistakes or you're going to be the one chasing the other team. Well, Stefan Diggs has had quiet playoff games, but in this one, this one includes, I think we would all call one at least one critical mistake. He fumbles on the first play of the yeah. game, by the way, uh, but that's not it. This drop. Sal, we had a lot of conversation last year about him and just everybody's feelings. Uh, a year later, no progress in terms of the ultimate team result more quiet games in the second half than even last year. Where are we now with him? Well, I will tell you that last year we saw the, you know, the actions, if you want to call it that, on the sidelines during the Miami game. I'm sorry, Cincinnati game at home. And then, you know, he came out of the locker room and he he left early and he wasn't there after the game didn't speak. Now, he also generally a lot of times doesn't speak after games, uh, especially after losses, even sometimes after wins. So I'll say that about this year. But this year, we didn't see any of that stuff on the sideline. I know you said there was something going on. I didn't see what you were talking about earlier, Mike. He, like, pointed or something after, uh, after like, the drop. And, like, put it right a- here. After the drop pass, there's an ISO on him, and he makes that, like, this close might be the best way to yeah. describe yeah, like the in- gesture. Index finger and thumb. Like, yeah. He, right. he did the same thing in the Pittsburgh game. When there was a pass that yeah. was just off, and he was looking at the defender like this close, almost like I I could have had you. It just it it seems to me it's probably like throw a better ball, 
but he's not pointing at Allen like that happened last year in the playoffs. I don't know why otherwise you would make that gesture because, you know, it was a drop. It went right through his hands, and it's just another reason I think a a reasonable person might wonder how he feels about being here. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. I didn't see it, but I, I... You could assume that. I don't know if I would or not. But either way, I wanted to do say, though, that I was I was pretty late in the locker room yesterday. Like, I was there pretty late. I stayed around, you know, getting guys. He was one of maybe five or six still there. So he did not like he left early, stormed out, anything like that. Him and Trent Sherfield actually were still sitting at their lockers chatting uh, while maybe there was maybe four or five defensive backs still in there. And um, I think that was about it. Maybe one or two other guys. So I don't know. We didn't We didn't see him today. Uh, down at Locker Cleanout. But I only saw, like, probably 20 to 25 guys. They have the exit interviews. They come in and out. They they know we're there if they don't want to come in. But not saying that that's the case or, at, at all. Like I said, there was a lot of guys I didn't see today. Um, but we didn't hear from him. We didn't see him today at Locker Cleanout. What, what do they do when they, if they want to avoid the media? Do they have their locker cleaned out earlier? Uh, no, there's a, they can, yeah, they can do it later. They can do it earlier. Yeah. They can do it earlier. They can do it later. Uh, there's only a certain time that we're basically down there. And I don't even know when they said, Hey, you guys are out of here because we were there for a while. And then once Josh Allen talked and Deion Dawkins talked, that was pretty much it. Media started wrapping up. So I didn't know if they put a drop dead time on it, to be honest with you, but yeah, they could do it earlier. They could do it later. Um, that happens the same thing in the regular season. Like they know when we're in there with open locker room and, you know, they can kind of come and go. They can go down, lift weights, or go wherever, and you know, they walk in and out. Or they can just say, you know, I don't want to talk. <laughs> they see us and don't want to talk. I didn't right. necessarily get that from anybody else, anybody today. So, um, But, yeah, they can avoid if they want to, and it's not that hard. Yeah. I, I, I heard and read from a few different reporters that Diggs was asked if he wanted to talk after the game and said he, he just declined, right. which, you know, he's, you know, he's allowed to do that. Um it is maybe going to be a little different this year. I mean, we'll see. There's no one universal opinion about him and his role on this team, Sal. But last year felt more to me like, I hope he's happy. We need to keep him happy. We need him. He's important. And this year, I, and I'm not saying this just because of the drop, but the production overall, like he was not the focal point of their offense anymore and hasn't been for weeks on weeks here and the cap number is immense so like i i mean i wonder what there's just a lot of questions i think that are going to be out there and we'll have you know months and months to um you know sit with them and discuss them but like i wonder about their appetite to want to pay him what they're paying him considering how their offense looked well they almost have no choice because, like you said, the contract is a tough number, even if they wanted to um, get out of the contract. I mean, it's almost impossible. The dead money on it before June 1st would be $31 million. You just can't you can't absorb that. In fact, it would be like 34 because you'd actually – the cap savings would be in the minus, not mm-hmm. the plus. Yeah. So that wouldn't happen. Now, if you go <laughs> post-June 1, you can do that. You can go post-June 1. You can have an $8 million – Dead cap, 8.8, which is still significant, but you'd save $19 million. The problem with that is you don't get the money until after June 1st, and you have to spread it over two years. So um, the the only option here, if they don't have that appetite, as you say, to pay him, would be really they, – they would have to get with him, rework the contract to make it amenable to get rid of him, trade or release. Like, that's how that would have to happen. Um, so I don't know what the answer there is. 
other than that Stefan Diggs is a member of the 2024 right. Buffalo Bills. And then if even if you had an appetite and he was amenable to that and wanted to do that, you then have a problem of, like, who, who are your wide receivers mm-hmm. next year, right? I mean, because right. Gabe Davis right. is probably walking out the door, and where, where, you know, where am I? Like, there's not, there's not a, a new one in waiting, you know? Like, Shakir's nice, right. um, but he's not that guy, so I'm almost nowhere if I do that. So it's, a, it's one of the many very interesting parts of how these next few months will go. Yeah, and by the way, just to clear that, clean that up and clear that up for everybody, if they were to wait till after June first and say we just we want to do this, you're talking two straight years of close to nine million dollars in dead money for a player not on your roster because you have to spread it out over two years. So you just again, I don't see that happening. But you're right, Bulldog. I mean, they they have a they have a roster issue as it is at wide receiver on you know where their weapons are, their weapons issue maybe, and how they want to factor and figure this out going forward. Trent Sherfield is a free agent. Deontay Hardy is not. Gabe Davis is a free agent. They just brought Andy Isabella back today on a reserve contract. Khalil Shakir is under contract. That's nice. He's only in his second year, so he's on his rookie deal for a couple of years. That's nice to have. But the way I see it right now, unless the two sides get together and he agrees to some sort of huge pay cut reworking, that Stefan Diggs is a member of the 2024 Buffalo Bills. This can probably wait. Well, of course it can. We'll be talking about this kind of thing a lot, but... Sal, just surface level the day after the season ends, I, I'm yeah. sort of like not here for more restructuring, more push it down the road, kick it down the road. <laughs> you know, like last year at the end of the season press conference, Brandon Bean was like, this year's going to be hard for contracts. We're not signing a Von Miller again. And they didn't. And this year is when they're literally and figuratively going to have to pay for some of these decisions. Knox and Oliver and other guys, not just the obvious ones where they've extended them. So, I mean, it's not only going to be one way, but I feel like, you know, this is the year to retool. Yeah, I mean, but Mike, I don't know. I I think there are still guys they can do that with, and they probably will do that with. And retool is an interesting word that you use. Like, you could, is retooling rebuilding? It doesn't have to be. You still have Josh Allen. So, I... I, I got you, and I say, and I think that as long as you have Josh Allen, you can retool, and maybe you got to make some tough decisions, and you'll be okay, right? You could do that, but there are guys that you can go to, and it wouldn't kill you to do this. Deion Dawkins is one of them. Deion Dawkins had the best season of his career to me. I think he played terrific. He's under contract for one more year at nine. He's got a base salary of nine million dollars. You could cut that down to one million, take the other eight, push it into whatever. Boom! You save eight million dollars, and you got Dan Dawkins for a few more years. Russell Douglas, exactly the same. Now he's a little older for his position. He's gonna he's twenty nine, gonna be thirty, but we know the way he played. He's on the books for seven point two next year. You could do the same thing and say, look, let's have you for a couple more years. We'll knock it down. You could literally save a good what uh, eight, six, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen million right there. Okay, those are little restructures you can do. It doesn't have to kill you down the road to do that. That's that's all fair. I mean, again, it's not all going to go in one direction. And These you, are good examples, right. and you can do that with your quarterback too, because you're not going to be interested in moving him anytime soon. You, I wouldn't think. But each, I'm just saying, each one of these decisions does come at again, literally, figure, figuratively, a cost. I don't have to say that every time, by the way. <laughs> and you know what? What's What's your floor with Josh Allen as your quarterback? I would say 11-6 and six is about your floor. Like, the games they lost this right. year, last couple of years, they're, they're just sort of fluky losses. Not so much when you're playing the Bengals or the Chiefs in the playoffs. I mean, that's a higher level, and the point is to be, to win those games. But I think if they made all kinds of changes to the roster and they got younger and, you know, hit on a couple mm-hmm. of good draft picks, 
they should win double digits with Allen as long as he's on the field. I agree with that. I, I Look, it goes back to last year even. How many times were any of us on these national shows, local shows in other markets? I know every single time I went on during May, June, July, August, and people would say to me, is the window closing? Is it closed? And I would say, look, as long, as long as they have Josh Allen, the window's not closed. And I believe that. I believe they will always be a contender for the AFC Championship as long as they have Josh Allen, you know, until he gets to a point where he just really can't run like he is or, you know, his arm starts to, you know, wane. But that's going to be a while, let's hope. That's, you know, another 10 years. Uh, that is true. I agree with that. So you can retool, I think. You, are, you do have decisions to make on some of these guys. Some of the core foundational pieces that have been here, and specifically, obviously, Micah Hyde, whose contract is up. Jordan Poyer, who has one year left. Von Miller, he's in the same situation as Diggs. Now, you do have the off-the-field situation going on with him. We don't know how that's going to play out and how that could impact every, anything. But as it stands right now, you have Von Miller on the team because there's really nothing you can do to move him the same way with Stefan Diggs. Um, Mitch Morris is under contract for one more year. He's a little older. But probably not, he's only 30 now, actually. You know, He could play for a while in this league. He said today... He, you know, he plans on coming back. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm under contract. And, you know, there's been con- there's been questions because of the concussion history and things like that. So there, there are some older guys or guys that have been here that you do have to make some tough decisions or at least have hard conversations on. Yeah, I, I wonder if they might have any appetite just because of the financial realities they're facing to do something with Morse because they've got Ryan Bates sitting behind him. You know, like, Morse is excellent. I don't want this to happen, but I just wonder right. if they might look at, well, we, we can make room for another receiver if we, you know. It's just the machinations of the cap. And Morse, to me, is vulnerable, I would say, even though he says he wants to come back. Probably right. I think anytime you're looking at that cap situation, I would, you know, that, Obviously, Josh Allen and him, you know, he's been his what, yeah. only center. Did they get Josh? It might have been his second center. You have to remember back his rookie year. But either way, you know, Morris and, and Josh Allen been together a long time. Um, Davis is one that I just don't know if you can retain. Gabe Davis, so everybody knows, did say today he's open and willing to come back. He said, I love Buffalo. I love everything about Buffalo. But he also said that his plan is to go to March and, you know, become a free agent and see what happens and that there's been zero talk about an extension during Correct. the season right yeah interesting Correct. going and, back to before the yeah. season because that was an idea we talked about then because uh-huh. they did that with Knox. you know maybe they think they can get value on davis off a year where he had an ankle injury and i, I guess that right. did not get off the ground so maybe that says it all all right yeah on to the off season thank you sal yeah, tomorrow, guys, Sean McDermott at 11, Brandon Bean at noon. We'll hear from them about the uh, offseason as well. Okay. All right, good deal. Thanks for that info. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances <clears throat> excuse me, are always brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Mike Schoep and the Bulldog Buffalo Bills Football Monday. To your calls after sports, 803-0550. Bill season ends Again, at the hands of the Chiefs. Back after this, this is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 